This is an audio presentation of God First Church, Cheltenham, England. A community of Jesus followers, worshipping God first, proclaiming God first, and together living God first lives. For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk. preach on the church so I love the church that's where my heart is I love the church love the way that God's designed the church to be uh, I love to see it grow love to see people grow um, there's a quote that says we will never change the world by going to church but we only change the world by being the church and that's a, that's a great thing is it that sometimes you know we can we can be present but not present you know what I mean when we come to church you know God wants us fully engaged he wants us fully in um, so I'm going to I'm going to be speaking from Corinthians today so if you're not familiar with the Bible Corinthians is a letter that Paul wrote to the Corinth church. The church was in a bit of a mess at the time and he he wanted to address some of these issues. Um, They were getting drunk on the communion wine. Um, They they had incest, sexual immorality um, within that. Obviously, that's not possible here. Our communion wine is too small. I think you'd have to drink a lot of those cups to get drunk on those. And the fact that it's Ribena as well, not wine. So I think we're safe there. So I'm not saying that we're the same as the Corinth church. But I think there's certainly stuff in the letters that Paul writes that's applicable for us today that we can kind of draw things out of there. So that's what I'm going to attempt to do this morning. I'm going to try and draw some of those uh, challenges out of there. So hopefully when you leave this morning, you'll feel challenged and provoked uh, about what God's calling this church to be. So obviously there's a few visitors here this morning, so I'm speaking to the church as a whole. So obviously God First Church isn't the one and only church in the world. Um, the church is all over, so I'm sure, talking to the church as a whole, so there should be stuff in here that you can take away today as well. There will be some more applicable stuff to God First Church that are challenges on, that's kind of what we need to be as a church as well. So I'm going to be speaking on this part here, Corinthians 12, um, where it says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. It's a brilliant verse. So, his first question for you. We've got some Americans in the church, so they'll probably be able to answer before you. But can anybody tell me what that is there? No, I hope the Americans can, otherwise they're going to be very embarrassed. Come on, Pete. The... Um, it's, it's, one of, it's, it's one of your coins, so I'm sure you've had many in your pocket. Once upon a time. No, he's a note man, isn't he? So, well done, someone's been practising. So this is Latin for, I'll try and pronounce it, e pluribus unum, which means out of many, one. So this is written on the American coin. And as we know, America, it's, it's a great country, isn't it? It's very diverse. Um, it's a great superpower. Um, it's diverse with kind of white, black, Christian, whatever religion possible, whatever sexuality possible. It's all diverse, but they're saying out of all of that, they're still one. Um, but for us, diversity normally divides society. That's what it tries to do. Um, and you can see this as you kind of look all over Cheltenham. Um, 
the main thing in Cheltenham it's been divided by class so I don't know if you've ever driven down some of the roads that's the first thing I found when we, we looked to move to Cheltenham kind of looking around you drive down one road and you've got all these million pound mansions and then you go down a parallel road to it and you've got all these council flats and you know, it, it didn't seem to make sense that you've got these class divides where society is trying to separate you separate you off so you've got the rich and the poor, you've got the educated and uneducated, the grammar schools, that's a new thing for me coming from Worcester, we didn't really have grammar schools there, but Cheltenham it's all about the grammar school, it's all about getting that education to separate you in society, society is trying to divide us. Um, as many as you know I'm a, I'm a builder, self-employed builder, so I have to go and do quotes for, for different clients and I go for all different types of jobs as you can imagine, I can go to the wealthy parts of Cheltenham three, four million pound houses for extensions and stuff like that and then I can go to just a normal house where it's just a little kind of bathroom or kitchen or something like that and it's just different kind of classes that you have there that society tries to separate us and try to divide us. But here it is, this is a but God. I love the but God. It's always good when you hear that. But God had intended us to be one. So this is the first part of this verse. Intended us to be one. Just as one body though has many parts all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptised by one spirit as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we are all given one spirit to drink. So now we could replace that, couldn't we? Whether middle class, upper class, lower class, rich or poor, black or white, you know, we are all one body. We can look through all parts of the Bible, and God can point us to these all the time, that we are one. So obviously the obvious one is the Trinity. He points to that we are one. So it's three parts, but it's still one. And I think the Trinity is the best example of that. Father, Spirit, Son. And he talks about marriage as well. Okay, it's a beautiful couple. Before you say anything, I know my hairline's receded about two inches. And I've gained a few extra pounds, but you know, give me a bit of grace. I've had four, four kids since then, so... Um, but yeah, that was, that was us in 2000, 2002. Two became one. So although many of you know me and Lucy, you know that we're very different. Um, opposites attract and all that. And uh, we come together, we are one. We are one flesh. When you get married, you say we are one flesh. We became one flesh. And uh, God describes his church as his bride. Often refers to it as his beautiful bride. And you know, that's, that's not by accident. It's that he sees this beautiful bride. That's what he intends his church, church to be. Right, many of you, uh, I'm sure many of you are Disney fans here. Um, I was going to play a little Disney clip, but I don't want to do the gospel of Disney. I want to do the gospel of God. Um, but there's a part in The Lion King um, where Mufasa is, is talking to Simba. And he says these words. He says, that's like saying you don't want to be a lion. It's in your blood as I am. We are part of each other. And you know, this is, this, this is kind of uh, Simba trying to find his place in the pack, kind of exploring what life is. And... Um, this is very true of us. This is kind of us becoming one, just as his blood is in us. So 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16, it says, The gospel makes us one. His body broken for us, and his blood shed for us enables us away through to be one with him. God is a oneness. We are different, but God wants us to be one. We need each other. We need the church. God designed his church to be one body. He didn't design us to go at it alone. He doesn't want lone rangers. You know, you often see it that lone rangers, people kind of going out on their own. God designed church. He designed us to, to be together as one. 
you often see people who, who hop from church to church. And I kind of question, I kind of think, why are you going from church to church? Is, is this not a family that you can kind of think that you can be part of? You know, I think that, you know, you join a church and you be part of the body. You know, you see that family, you want to be part of that family. He doesn't want you going from church to church. He wants you to dig in where you are. God also wants diversity. He wants us to be different. I don't know, often if you look around at church, it often makes me giggle that you kind of think, some people in the church, I would never associate with these people if we weren't Christians. You know, it's that common denominator, isn't it, that we all love Jesus. But yeah, there's no other kind of social setting that you'd find. It's all, if you go to a golf club or you go to a rugby club, it's all people very similar, kind of tasting things and stuff they want to do in life. But church is very kind of diverse, which is great. I think we've got great diversity in God First Church here. Um, it's probably not diverse enough. I think it'd be, like to be a little bit more diverse. I know for Andy and Vic, when they go to London, well, that would be one of their hopes that they have a diverse church, a mixture of people. Each one of us is unique and different, but none of us are the full package. None of us are the done deal. That's deliberate. Part of God's plan, he wants us to work together, he wants us to love one another, he wants us to be one. So we, we often talk about what's your gifting and stuff like that, don't we, and what, what do you feel God's called you to do? You know, God has made us to be diverse, but he's not made us to be kind of covering everything. He doesn't want us to be the arms, he doesn't want us to be the legs and the head and the mouth, um, to talk about the analogy of the body. So the first point is we are one with him. So what does that look like? So I want to look at what it looks like to be one body. So I'm just going to, uh, just going to read this one out for you. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 15 to 27. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not be for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not be for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they're all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that all parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So you know, it's not always the ones that are... It's not always the parts that are on show, but it's the, the smaller parts that get to play, the parts that you don't see. Often God refers to that a lot of times in the Bible, doesn't it? It's the stuff that is unseen when we fast. We're not supposed to be telling everybody that we're fasting. It's God that he looks at the hearts. It's the unseen parts that we all have a part to play within that. I think Paul's having a bit of fun here. I think he's got a bit of a sense of humour here where he talks about um, the different parts of the body. You know, I think he's talking to the church in Corinth and, you know, he's, he's laying it out plain you know, he's, he's having a bit of a joke, but he's saying it, saying it as it is. It's kind of like this absurd, absurdity of absent parts. Uh, I heard a statistic the other day that the average Christian attendance in church is six out of every ten Sundays Christians attend. You know, the first thing that that kind of says to me, that does that mean 40% of the body is always missing on a Sunday? 
So I hope that isn't true because, you know, that, that makes my heart grieve. I don't know about you. Do you think this is good enough? Maybe this is why the church is in decline in this country. You know, is it that the body isn't always fully present? God intends the body to be one. And we're not being one. We're only 60%. You know, we can, we can look at the, the absurdity of absent parts here. Can you imagine Andy this morning asking him to play with no hands? You know, it would have been very entertaining for us watching him try and strum his guitar with his mouth. But, you know, it's... Uh, uh, that's the absurdity that's that's the point that Paul's trying to drive home you know it just doesn't work you know I'm sure you can always find a way around it maybe you can get really good playing the guitar with his feet but it's not the way that kind of God intended Um, you can imagine the prayer meeting if if the feet don't turn up to the prayer meeting the prayer meeting's not going to go anywhere is it it's not going to be mobilised now I know the last prayer meeting this isn't to get at you I know that people people have busy lives we had five people at the last prayer meeting that's to me, that says there's 95% of the body missing. You know, what does that say about us as a body? You know, which parts of the body turned up, which were the five that night? You know, if it was just the hands, you know, what's that going to achieve? You no, know, it's the whole body being together that things are going to move forward. So if we have faith with no eyes, are we there feeling our way in the dark? Do we need the eyes of faith in order to see where we're going in terms of direction of the church? Church is no different he wants it to be one, but of many parts. Hebrews 10, verse 25, says, don't give up the habit of meeting together. You know, sometimes we can get busy, can't we, on rotors and life and jobs and what have you, and we often give up the habit of meeting together. You know, I think it's a great point of this church. So many people kind of do meals together. They have people around their houses. Just encourage you to do more, more of that. But, you know, make it intentional, you know, do what are your conversations? Are they gospel conversations? Let's just not give up that habit of meeting together. We need to be all together in prayer. We need to be all together in worship. But the worship was fantastic this morning. It felt like an all-togetherness. I think we sang that one song, and to me it felt a bit like, I don't know if you watched the rugby yesterday with the Lions, when the All Blacks do their hacker. You know, there's, there's some power in that hacker, isn't there? You know, It's only a, a little tribal dance they do before the game, but you think that is their kind of determination that fires them up for the match. And there's that song that we sang... So, so to me, that's how, that felt like a bit of a battle, battle cry this morning, is that we've got God to fill us and, and send us out. Um, the body is amazing, isn't it? I think that it's no accident that um, Paul refers to the body as kind of analogy here. Um, a few kind of facts about the body. Obviously, there's hundreds out there on Google if you look, but it says, when you blush, the lining of your stomach also blushes. In one day your blood travels 12,000 miles around your body. The human brain can read up to 1,000 words a minute. Now, isn't that incredible? The way that God's designed the body. I could go on all morning about amazing facts of the body. So in terms of reference to the body, I think one of the important things that we need to do, we need to exercise. Um, I've just started at the gym probably about three or four weeks ago. You know, I was finding I was spending too much time on the couch watching TV I thought, I'm getting older in years, I'll either address it now, or I'm going to be fat and unfit for the rest of my life. Um, so I joined the gym. Um, it's an interesting place, gyms. I don't know if any of you go to the gym, it's an interesting place. Um, you kind of go in there, every, you, everyone's got the same kind of focus, they've all got their headphones on. Gym, since I, I went there many years ago, but now they've got TV screens, so you can go on the exercise bike and stuff like that and watch your TV programme. Um, which is great for me. It kind of 
distracts the mind as you're kind of running or whatever like that, you can kind of tune in on this TV program. But I just think it's interesting as you kind of run, you're running in the gym, different parts of your body ache first. You know, so it's kind of, you're doing your cardio, aren't you? You're doing your breathing, so your lungs start working, or not working in my case. You know, your legs ache, so I find that they're the first things to go, so your legs are really aching, so sometimes your breathing can be better, but your legs are aching. Using your arms to kind of get your rhythm. You know, there's all sorts of stuff going on under the surface that you don't probably don't even kind of comprehend that's going on in the body, but it all needs to all needs to work in order for the body to kind of push forward. Um, I think that's true of the church as well. We need to be ready to run at a good pace. I know that when I come out of the gym, I feel really good. You know, it's all people talk about the endorphins, don't they? That kind of come out. You feel good when you've exercised and. Uh, I know that people kind of who run regularly, they kind of get addicted, don't they? They get addicted, oh, I just need to run. I need to get out. I've heard Nay say it lots of times, oh, I just need to have a run. I'm so frustrated, I need to kind of get out there and, and run. And we, I think we need to be a little bit like that with church, don't we? As we exercise, we need to feel that frustration. Oh, we need to run, we need to exercise. So this is true as individuals, but also as a church. Ephesians 6, verse 15 talks about gospel shoes. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace, have we got our gospel shoes on? Or are we, as a church, are we flabby, sat at home on the couch watching TV? Now I think Sue, not to, not to embarrass you, Sue, but Sue is great putting her gospel shoes on. Tracy sat by her this morning. You know, we can, we can kind of take a great example from Sue in terms of doing that. Um, but yeah, we need to make sure we've got our gospel shoes on. Have we got the right shoes on? Not to pick on Sue again. Great high heels that Sue wears. But you know, are, they're not her gospel shoes. But you know, are we wearing high heels this morning? You know, are we wearing the right shoes? Are we putting the right shoes on? Are we clothing ourselves in the right things? 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24, it says, Do you know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. You know, as a church, we don't just want to be jogging, do we? We want to be running, running the race. We want to be Usain Bolt. We want to get to the end and we want God to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So the emphasis there is on us, not individuals, it's us. It's a race that we run together, not alone. It's not about kind of running ahead and leaving everybody behind. It's all running together. So next part, obviously, there's no point me going to the gym if I'm coming home eating 10 Mars bars, five cans of Coke and a takeaway pizza. It's not going to work, is it? So we've got to look at our diet. We are what we eat. So probably four weeks ago, I was a donut. So are we, are we fat and lazy sitting on the couch? We need to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. This is our diet. We need to be praying. We need to be digging into the word. There's a quote that says, don't say that God is silent when you haven't opened your Bible. That's really challenging, isn't it? You know, often we say, oh, I haven't heard anything from God. You know, we need to be a bit bolder, don't we, in terms of saying, well, have you actually opened your Bible? Have you given God the opportunity to speak? We need to look after our body. We need to put the right stuff in. Exodus 16 talks about Moses when he leads the Israelites out of slavery and they're all moaning at him saying that they should have gone back to the slavery because they've got no, nothing to eat. And God provides the manna from heaven. And Moses take, says, take just what you need for that day. 
you know, a lot of them kind of disobey what Moses says and they store some up. They come the next day and the maggots have got into all these pieces of manna because they've stored them up. And I think what we can take from that is, you know, are we storing stuff up? Are we coming on a Sunday morning and expecting that to sustain us for the week? Because that isn't the way that God intended us. He intended us to take for it daily. He gives us stuff daily just like he did for the Israelites. So we need to fuel it daily. We need to stop the maggots from getting in to destroy it. Sundays isn't enough to sustain us in our diet. Feeding ourselves is vital to the body. So we need a good balanced diet of doctrine and scripture. So point two is what it looks like to be part of the body. So diet and exercise, that's what it looks like to be part of the body. So we all have different parts to play. So which one are you? There, can you identify one of those? <laughs> we need to be diverse. We all drink of the same spirit. We all have the shared experience of God's essence and spirit. But we should feel tight with one another. So as Andy said, Howard's away today. So we could say the mouth is away today. Maybe I'm being the mouth today. We all do our bit. Sometimes we have to fill in. I'm not a natural mouth. I'm normally a natural embracing arms. Obviously leading the pastoral team. That's where I feel comfortable. That's the kind of the part that I feel God it's called me to play in the body of this church. But sometimes we need to fill in. Um, in things I know in the early days of the church, when it first started, we felt that we were being all parts of the body. And there's only 10 of you, you have to do all parts. But I think, you know, as churches grow, we should be doing less. We should get to a point where we kind of specialise, thinking, yeah, this is the part that God has called me to do. You know, we should be looking at these big churches. These big churches should be awesome. If the body is working as it should be, you know, they should be ticking a lot of boxes in terms of, yeah, we've got all these parts playing their role, not just a few. So that's, that's kind of a good incentive to grow, isn't it? That to be, I don't know what the optimum number is to have the perfect body, but, you know, I think let's just keep on going. You know, there's lots of parts of the body in there. There's lots of blood vessels. There's lots of capillaries and bones that can be filled within that. So we have to care for it when it is damaged. So being a builder, I've hit my thumb many a time with a hammer, and it's not the thumb that immediately hurts. It's, it's every part of your body that it feels as though it's throbbing. So, you know, as a church, you know, when, when we feel pain, we need to gather around, we need to care for it, don't we? That's being part of the body. It's not just the thumb that's left isolated uh, to be in pain. Abby, who's not here this morning, Abby Kang. She's obviously part of the arms, isn't she? She embraces visitors. That's part of her, her role here, that when she welcomes visitors, she, she embraces them and makes them feel welcome. So we all kind of have parts to play. So I asked you this morning, what do you think is your part of the body to play? If we have a cut on the body, this is like sin. You know, we live in a modern age now where you have antibiotics, you cut yourself, you take antibiotics, and it will be healed up. You put a plaster on it, it will be healed up. But, you know, many years ago, if you cut yourself and it was left to kind of fester, infection will get in. I think this is very true of the church as well, if the church is cut, the church is riddled with sin, you know, infection will get in. You know, we've all got a responsibility to that. We've all got responsibility to address the sin in our lives. So I just challenge you, whether you're in a G1C or a 3, there's the opportunity there, and it's to confess your sin, bring your sin into the light, and it loses its power. So just encourage you with that. Let's not be carrying lots of cuts. Let's not be kind of bandaged up. Let's not be wounded in that way, because that isn't the way that God intended the body to be. We know that we're all sinners, but it's the way that we address it and deal with it. So let's not, the, let's not the, let the infection spread. If you are weak, we're all weak. 
So we all carry that. Kind of, but if you're feeling weak, we all need to gather around and give you strength and that we need to point you back towards God. So, you know, we all feel that. It's not just one person, oh, they're really weak in the church. If they feel weak, we all feel weak. We all carry that responsibility. So let's not be the appendix. I don't know if we've got any doctors in here, but the appendix often gets referred to as a medical mystery, doesn't it? What is the appendix for? Um, I did a bit of research on it. Apparently it was used to be back in the caveman day. The appendix used to kind of process tree bark when we used to eat tree bark. So I don't know about you. I haven't had any tree bark for a while. Um, but appendix, you know, a lot of people have their appendix taken out because obviously it causes them pain, you know. Are you the appendix this morning? You know, that's the challenge. Are you the grumbly appendix of no use? Do you need to stop being the appendix? The appendix is no use to the church, is it? Are you the eye telling the nose he needs to be an eye? Are you the big hand saying, do, do, do? Let's not be those. Here's what we want to be. We want to be eyes to see. We want to have eyes to see, faith to see what God is doing. We want ears to hear. We want those of you who are prophetic to hear what God is saying and wanting to say. We had an elders away day a couple of weeks ago and Steve, Steve's on it, not like the rest of us. He asked some guys to give any kind of prophetic words for when we went away. We are going to kind of look at vision and team building and stuff like that. And there's some really great prophetic words in there and that was the ears of the church feeding the body. You know, I think that's great. I think we want to see more of that. Challenge you on a Sunday morning. You know, if you feel God's saying something, come to the front and share it because it just edifies the body. Do you have the gift of discernment? Do you have the nose that smells out? You know, you need the nose to smell out that gift of discernment, don't you? You know, if st- someone's kind of struggling with sin, do you identify with that? Do you kind of tune in? Oh, I can see that person's not quite right. Are you the feet, the gospel shoes? Is it down to you to create the opportunities for us to share the gospel as a church? Is it part of you to mobilise us as a church, to get us going, to get us running? Are you a mouth? If so, are you speaking encouragement, love and wisdom to the rest of the church? Maybe you're the hands. Do you serve in hospitality, helping the poor, helping those in need? Serving on a Sunday morning. Spiritual gifts. We must exercise spiritual gifts to edify the church. And I think this is a massive area of the church that we can grow into. I think there's so many spiritual gifts in this church that aren't being exercised. And I would just encourage you to make bold steps and exercise those gifts because it's for God's glory. It's to glorify his church, to make his beautiful bride shine brightly. I think as spiritual gifts kind of edify the church, it's very much back to the gym reference again. When you go to the gym, you can join up for certain classes. Obviously, you can do spin classes and circuit training, all that kind of stuff. And the reason they kind of do that is because they spur one another on. It's about doing something that's about one another in together, isn't it? That there's a lot more motivation as we kind of do stuff together um, rather than doing it on our own. If you're doing circuit training or something on your own, it's very hard to motivate yourself. Whereas if you're running up against an opponent, something like that, it's, it's, a, it's a lot more to kind of feel spurred on. Um, so I think we need to kind of take something that, in terms of exercising our gifts, we need to do it together. It's like the Weight Watchers meeting. I don't know if anyone's ever done Weight Watchers. They have the, I don't know if it's weekly or monthly weigh-in, don't they? 
where they all go together. You could ask the question, why do they go for the weigh-in? Surely they've all got a set of scales at home they can weigh themselves. But it's not. It's about, there's a purpose about doing it together. You know, they go together whether they gain pounds or lost pounds. You know, if they've gained them, there's the hand of encouragement, isn't there? That says, you know, it's all right, next, next week will be better. You'll lose some next week. Or, you know, if you lost them, it's the encouragement. Well done. Keep striving. Spiritual gifts are the same. You know, they're meant to be used together. Meant to be doing it together. Meant to encourage, motivate, and stir the whole body as one. Because through togetherness, we all win. So which one are you? Which body part are you? Are you trying to be a part that isn't you? Are you reluctant to play the part that God wants you to be? We must work together. We need to work together. We need one another. So in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10 as I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but you are perfectly united in mind and thought. You know, is that what we are striving for as a church? So in conclusion, we are one with him. What the, ch- what the church should look like, and we all have different roles to play. So I'm sure you're all familiar with the uh, story of Prince William and Kate. When they got married, Kate was an unknown. Obviously everyone knew who Prince William was, but Kate was an unknown as she was. But by marrying William, she becomes a princess. And you know, that's, that's true for us as well, isn't it? Is it? As we're born, as we, we're away from Jesus, we're nothing. But we're welcomed into this body and through it we, can, we have glory, don't we? We're marrying into the king, marrying into the kingdom. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 16, it says, Let's celebrate being one with him. This is the family meal we eat together. By his blood being shed for us, it removes everything that tries to divide us. Let's eat the body of Jesus. In one sense, we are blood brothers, united by his blood. I can ask the band to come back up. Obviously, the best way to kind of respond to this is by taking communion it all says about eating from the one one loaf if that one's up there yeah. it says it's not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ and it's not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ because there is one loaf we who are many are one body for we all share the one loaf so that's what we're going to do now because we are all one body do you agree with me with that? Amen For more information, visit our website at godfirst.org.uk.